The Educated Ignorance Podcast, back in your life on the For Frequency Sake Podcast Network. We are nearly voiceless. We are in recovery, but we are going to ride. Today's episode, we are back for the first time in quite some time. Uh, we're doing it live, so we're making sure that there's no editing process on screwing up what we do. Regardless, we're going to have some fun today. We're going to talk college basketball to start. The opening weekend has set up what could very well be an all-timer NCAA tournament. And we'll also look ahead. or We'll talk about some of the good, the bad, and the downright hilarious if you're a fan of of teams that, uh, if you're a fan of, you know, misery, I guess, like I am, we're going to talk about that. We're also going to look ahead at the Sweet 16 this weekend, give maybe a few predictions here to see if we can continue this absolute bender we're on. And then we're going to have Danny join us. We are going to do more math on this show than maybe ever. I cannot speak for the boys of Card Subject to Change, but I know those guys aren't doing math like we're about to do. We're going to break down and try to figure out what Western Conference teams are going to make the postseason. We're going to predict the plan. We're going to predict who actually gets the sixth seed. We're going to try to figure all that out, and then we're going to give our version three title bubbles. It'll be my third version. It'll be Danny's second version. We're going to give those as well as we are literally 10 to 11 games left in the NBA regular season. It is getting hot. We're not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We're not going to talk about Lamar Jackson because everyone else on God's green earth is. We'll save that probably for when we get closer to draft time in about three weeks, four weeks. Regardless, let's have some fun and let's get it on. This is presented by the Four Frequency Sake Podcast Network. We got weekly episodes of Card Subject to Change. It is WrestleMania season, so join the boys. Make it CZ. Every week here on on the FFSQC podcast network for more of that on YouTube and my Facebook page, as well as the Four Frequency Sake podcast uh, Facebook page and my Twitter, the Joe the Show QCSN Twitter. All of those platforms currently has the Brock Harding Owen Freeman podcast. We went nearly two hours and it was awesome. We had so much fun. I had so much fun. Uh, we got to chop it up with those guys, the future Hawkeyes. That in my mind was was just was just a doozy. It's one of the more fun things I've honestly done with the podcast, fresh off a of state championship. To have those guys here really was great. So I appreciated the I appreciate them so much uh, for being here. And uh, go check it out. It has done a lot of traffic, and you can still go listen or watch it. And you can also go back and check it out wherever you get your podcast, whether that's iTunes, Apple Music. All that fun stuff. Go check it out there. All right. Let's get it ahead. We'll get some college hoops and we'll have Danny join us for the second half of the show. Let's party, people.
We are back in your lives. You're probably going to be able to see Danny out of the corner of this here in a moment. I'm going to try to get this thing off the... I couldn't find my open. I couldn't... I can't... I I clearly can't find the thing to take this off the screen. There we go. We're back. All right. So if you are... Turn on my Wi-Fi. Danny... Never mind. Um, All right. If you are watching, leave a comment, question, all that bullshit. You know, we're going to have fun. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Let's get started. Let's have some fun. All right. So we're going to start with college basketball the weekend that was. Now, there was a plethora of entertainment, especially for someone like me who's an extreme cynic and enjoys, <clears throat> I don't know, people being miserable. Uh, it just it just gets me going. I love when people are unhappy. I don't know what that says about me. I don't know what that says about <coughs> I don't know what that says about how I go about watching television or sports, but I like it when I like it when losses hit home a little bit more. So for me to have to go through the year and hear about how dumb people are, when people that I respect their opinion or, you know, people that are smart when it comes to talking about college basketball, you know, they get dragged through the mud for, you know, not worshiping the ground that Matt Painter and the Purdue Boilermakers walk on, then I think that it is, it's, it's, it's a point to say, uh, you know, I, I, I believe that we should be able to move forward and be able to take some victory laps on what happened to Purdue on Friday night. Um, just give me one second here. Um, give me a second here. Hopefully that works. I don't know. But regardless, we are two days removed, three days or four days removed now from the second ever one seed getting knocked off by a 16. And that's where I want to start because I think it is when you actually look at the stats and you look at the counting numbers and you look at the RPIs, the the BPIs, the Ken Palms, the, the advanced analytics or whatever have you of college basketball rankings, this is the worst loss in tournament history and it probably will never be topped. Fairly Dickinson is by far the worst team to ever make the tournament. They are by, and this is facts, they are by far the worst team to ever win a game in the tournament. Um, and just off of the, the the cold, hard numbers, the cold, hard numerical statistics, they had 12 quad four losses this year. They did not beat a team in the top 100. Their, their best win on the season was 192nd in the Ken Palm rankings. I think they beat St. Joseph's. I think that was the team. They, were, they finished 192 in Ken Palm. And FDU won a play-in game. They beat Corpus Christi uh, in Dayton. I think it was Cor- – I think they beat Corpus Christi. Or did they beat C- – no, no, no. Corpus Christi beat SEMO. FDU beat Texas Southern in Dayton. 
Sorry, Corpus Christi. Y'all got your tournament win. Uh, and moved on to face uh, and, and, and moved on. What in the world? Moved on then to face Purdue and beat Purdue. And it was one of those situations where they domin- not dominated the game, but they controlled the majority of the game. Purdue never allowed the game to be played under their terms. And anytime Purdue answered, had a big run, Fairleigh Dickinson came back. Uh, and got back in front and made Purdue chase them necessarily. It is the worst loss in tournament history. The St. Peter's, it, it was the the biggest upset tournament history was St. Peter's last year. And that's not just because they made it a run to the Elite Eight. What St. Peter's did was extremely unprecedented from, like, again, not a great team, low seed in their conference tournament. And then beating the teams the way they did. They beat Kentucky. They walked Murray State. Then beat Purdue. LOL, Purdue. We'll get to them and we'll we'll stay on them in a moment. And then obviously got their teeth kicked in against North Carolina. The UMBC team, if UMBC from that beat Virginia played this Fairleigh Dickinson team with uh, Lamar, the Stevens kid, the the 13, the tall white boy can shoot threes. They had the little crafty point guard. Those dudes could play, man. And they could, they would, they would wreck. They would walk the dog with this, with this fairly Dickinson team. That 16 seeded UMBC team probably should have made the, the, the sweets or the, the sweet 16. They just kind of ran out of gas against Kent state. They went blow for blow with them and then just ran out of gas. Now, you could say the same thing about FDU, but they were playing chase. They were chasing FAU the entire game. They had a couple nice runs. Their guard really started to get going, but but the way they play stylistically, it just didn't make sense that they could beat Purdue. Purdue had an extreme massive collapse, and the look, I heard somebody say this the other day, and it was a perfect point of the reason that the Big Ten, this is kind of breaking down the struggles of the Big Ten. It is playing in the Big Ten in college basketball is like playing college baseball, and then and the and your the teams you play are only allowed to throw fastballs. That's all they're allowed to throw. And then you get into the tournament, and it's a one-game do-or-die sample size, and the other team, all they're doing is throwing knuckleballs and curveballs. Matt Painter built this thing at Purdue for the last decade nearly of big dudes surrounded by guards that are either good in the case of great in the case of Jaden Ivey, good in the case of guys like Carson Edwards and no gel Eastern and company to very, very average or below average like Brandon Smith and Caleb first and Mason Gillis and foster lawyer, you know, People wanted to say all year that these guys could shoot. No, just because Foster Lawyer is related to Fletcher Lawyer from Davidson and he could shoot doesn't mean that he that lawyer that Foster Lawyer could shoot. He shot 32% from the year from three, and he was their best guy. He was their best guy. Brandon Smith couldn't shoot. They couldn't handle the pressure. Mason Gillis either didn't play enough, had random games where he shot, shot and hit a huge amount of threes, or just couldn't get in a rhythm and wasn't a good enough offensive player. Caleb first wasn't a good enough shooter. They didn't have good shooting. They did not have good guard play. And 
They go into this game. Everybody in the Big Ten basically has now transformed their team to try to beat this fucking team. It's basically how it is. Every team in the Big Ten is either centered around a post or centered around some sort of big guy, and they do stuff through their big guy, blah, blah, blah. The only two teams that really didn't, and it made, it made no sense that they had didn't have tournament success, was the Illinois team that had Io because Io was the best player in the country that year, and they had Coburn, of course, but it's still a big, and I don't think Kofi was the reason they lost in the tournament. They lost in the tournament because Crutwig, Crutwig killed them, and Io played the worst game of his college career. <laughs> if not that Illinois team, at least makes the Elite Eight. <clears throat> Maybe the Final Four. Maybe beats Baylor when they play again and definitely would have kicked Gonzaga's ass just like Baylor did. The only other team, you could say that Michigan team, but same style. Then they played UCLA and got beat. Dickinson with a bunch of guards. Now, granted, they had an NBA guy in, in Franz Wagner, but still, same thing. Post player, all that. The 2019 Purdue team is probably the best Big Ten team that we have had shit since the Michigan team that almost won the title. They had Edwards. They had Nojel Eastern. They had some freshmen that could play. They had a couple bigs that weren't centered force of the team that were good guys to play around. They had Harms. They had Trey, uh, They had Biggie Williams off the bench. So that, that team that was literally a stone's throw away from a Final Four, maybe a national title, if the guy we're actually about to talk about who fucked up on Thursday made the, one of the best plays ever in that game, then the, this Big Ten run of dog shit for two decades plus might be a little bit different. But Purdue, you can't live this one down. You'll never live this one down. This is the worst tournament loss. This is the worst loss in the history of the tournament. It is. It just is. They had a 7-4 guy. And I'm, I've am i ragged on him, but Edie was awesome all year. And he was awesome in this game. And he did not get a fucking shot for the last nine minutes. That's just terrible. And I've never, I have never in my life seen a team have players scared of the moment more than the dudes on Purdue was for Friday. And to me, it was fucking hilarious. Couldn't have been a better team. Okay, moving on. Virginia really goofed the, the, the gab here. We mentioned Kihei Clark. He's played hundreds of college games. And, and you look back to his freshman year, playing, playing sixth man minutes on a team that won a title the year after they lost to a 16 seed uh, made the their biggest play. They're down three. Ty Jerome gets fouled. He gets, uh, you know, they miss the free throw. He hits the first. They miss the second. Tapped into the backcourt. The rest history. Clark runs it down, throws it up to Mamadi. He hits the little weird teardrop. They go to OT. They outlast Purdue. Beat Auburn. Beat Texas Tech. Win the title. And then Kihei Clark kind of made one of the worst decisions I've ever seen a guy who started four years make in college ball. The double teamed in your own backcourt with 10 seconds left. Blind hook pass. Ugh, just not good. Not a good look, bud. Uh, big. So Virginia lands in the biggest losers club because of that. Now, Furman really good and gave them hell. And a lot of people picked them to win that game. I I said to my friend, don't get too cute. I actually nailed some of the picks this weekend when it came to who you should hammer, who you should stay away from. This one I got wrong. I thought I thought the per, I thought the matchup just was a little too rinky dink. 
Berman hung in it well, and and they found a way. They were down 12 with like four or five minutes left, came back down six with about half a minute left. Hell of a win. Hell of a win. Now, I know they got ragdolled by San Diego State on uh, Saturday, but good win for Furman in Virginia uh, joins the Big Losers Club. Big Losers Club number three, Arizona. This is the second straight year. Now, I like their coach, but this is the second straight year where they have lost these games where they've kind of just come unglued. The Houston game, listen, they should have lost to TCU last year, but they didn't. The Houston game, they got floored and nobody played well. But again, nobody played well against Princeton. Princeton's just running their actions and you can't guard them. And Princeton got in their ass. And this is a bad loss for Arizona. Just a bad, bad loss. It's the second worst loss of the tournament this year. Easily. Them and Virginia is pretty close because Virginia, them blowing that game is just kind of wild. The fact that that had happened that way. Um, so yeah, Arizona joined the dog pile of, of horrific losses over the weekend. Let's pour one out for Fairleigh Dickinson, because I know we ragged on Purdue for a good seven, eight minutes, but I think we should note that Fairleigh Dickinson deserves credit for the style they played, the confidence they had, uh, to go in there, to muck things up, to stick with themselves, to understand what you had to do. excuse me, to win the game. I thought that was pretty impressive. Um, And I think uh, that... I I believe that you... That, that, yes, we should victory lap Purdue losing because it's hilarious, but I think we should also congratulate Fairleigh Dickinson on not just laying down against FAU, which was impressive. Like the, they came out and they played hard. They played really hard. Uh, Talon, uh, Talon commented on this and said, "Hey, yo, what's up, buddy? Uh, I'm I'm guessing you're with the 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 lady. I'm assuming you guys are watching. If you're still watching, my friend, thank you very much for the love. We appreciate it here in these parts. Uh, so, thank you for tuning in. Now." <laughs> Some anything that I talk about on Saturday, Taylor could probably punch in here and say I wasn't paying attention to. But listen, man, we like to do this thing called go back and watch the tape, and we did that uh, quite a lot this weekend. We had to uh, be considering we were out all day on Saturday, uh, enjoying our weekend. That was definitely a fun a fun stretch of life, but. Pouring one out for Fairleigh Dickinson, as I said. The, congrats to them. Tobin Anderson uh, yesterday, late last night, actually. It might have been this morning, actually. He took the Iona job. Pertino uh, leaving Iona to go to uh, St. John's. And Tobin Anderson leaving Fairleigh Dickinson to go take the Iona job. I think that's a great pickup. I think he's a guy that has succeeded everywhere. I think it would be kind of gnarly to bet against him now at this point when, you know, he's success at D3, success at D2. Why would you expect him when he succeeds at Fairleigh Dickinson and he comes off of literally the most improbable tournament win we'll maybe ever see? outside of a 16 actually getting to the second weekend or making a run like St. Peter's just did. Uh, then yeah, we're not, um, 
I, I think that we should congratulate him, and I think we should expect him to do continue to do good things. Uh, some of my favorite games from the weekend, of course, the Furman-Virginia game, obviously the FDU-Purdue game, but that was because of the hilarity of it. Uh, San Diego State College of Charleston was fun. Uh, watching COC kind of try to navigate San Diego State defense and seeing San Diego State actually not fold, that was nice. Princeton in Arizona, great, great job by Princeton to close the game the way they did. And by the way, shouts to them, absolutely torched Missouri on Saturday. They beat the piss out of them for 40 minutes. That was impressive. The Kennesaw State-Xavier game, which I think it was, yeah, it was Saturday, uh, that's a, that was a hell of a game and a great performance by Sean Miller's guys to come back and to just stay true themselves. Kennesaw State just ran out of gas, really. They stopped. They were unable to hit shots. The offense just kind of died down because they were putting it to Xavier for the first 30 minutes of that game. And then the wheels slowly but surely fell off the wagon. And then, you know, Xavier made plays. Soli Boo made some plays. Kunkel hit some shots, and Jack Nungie had the block at the end. Uh, FAU Memphis was one of my two favorite, uh, or was one of my favorite um, first round games, and that was on Friday. Uh, just a back and forth game where obviously at the time it's like these one of these two teams is going to play a 16 seed, and it's probably going to go to the Sweet 16. It felt like there were so many more stakes on it. Memphis losing that game is a bit unex. It's a bit unexcusable. Penny has to find. I like Penny a lot, but he's not the best X's and O's guy. If he could get someone in there to kind of stabilize certain things like that, and he can just be kind of the the general manager sort of sense, and then you hire a guy to be your big assistant who can help draw shit up for you and keep things cool. Uh. Because Penny's a fantastic recruiter, and he's able to go get guys, whether it be freshmen or guys in the portal that have talent. The problem is he can't out-schematic guys, and when it gets to crunch time, he just does not have he just does not have what it takes uh, to to go with certain teams or to go against certain teams. You know, he gets outgunned. He gets outgunned on the board in games in the AAC and some of their tougher non-cons. And Dusty May made the more adjustments and. They just stayed together more than Memphis did. Memphis just had a couple really bad brain farts late, which fucked which fucked them. It cost them in the in the end of the game. That tie up they kind of got screwed on, but also they came out of the pack and Kendrick Davis threw a horrific ball, a horrific pass that he shouldn't have thrown, and it, they turned it over and it gave FAU also like how are you not coaching to just not give the middle up? It made. It was mind-boggling. It made no sense that the way they lost that game is, is how they lost that game. I'm I'm just insanely stunned that Memphis lost the game the way they did. But credit to credit to, to Dusty May and his guys for finding a way to win that game because that was impressive. Uh, and, and to to handle their business in the sweet to, to get to the Sweet Sixteen. And I think they have a, they have a very good shot to get to the Final Four. They've been the best major team all year. We'll talk about them here in a moment. And then maybe the best game of the weekend was late, late Friday night. TCU and Arizona State. Danny and I have because this is the final game, and it's the last one on. Danny, I had and I and I had that plus the we saw the ending of that crazy Memphis, Dallas Lakers game on on the double barrel downstairs and. 
that TCU Arizona State game was a shot making masterpiece, and both teams went at it, and TCU was able to win at the gun, and it was impressive and it was fun. So those were my opening weekend thoughts. Now to the Sweet 16. I'm excited. <coughs> I think we have <coughs> we have had the perfect we have had the perfect combination of ups, of enough upsets. But also some of these games where the hired seed has had to nut up and survive a game, you know. So, like, for example, um, Thursday, back and forth, 8-9 game. That was a little sluggish, but Maryland-West Virginia, not the greatest game ever, but it was down to the last possession. Charleston-San Diego State game was fun. Uh, Some other games, the Louisiana-Tennessee game was a bit weird, but it was fun. Uh, It was competitive, very competitive. Uh, the next day, Xavier Kennesaw State was a dog fight. Um, let's see here. Creighton, North Carolina State was 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 a great watch. Iona UConn was awesome. The first half was great, and the second half, the way UConn just put their foot on the gas was great. Of course, we talked about FD, FDU. Uh, Kentucky Providence, Gonzaga Grand Canyon was fun in the first for a little while. The way Miami had to come back and beat Drake, that was a great game. FAU Memphis, we talked about that. Arizona TCU was awesome as well. We mentioned all of those things. And then we get to Saturday and, you know, the first couple games are interesting, but then you have Arkansas, Kansas, which was great. The Auburn Houston game was compelling. Texas Penn state was down to the wire. Um, Alabama had to have themselves one hell of a second half to pull away. And then Sunday, my favorite game of the tournament so far is the Kansas state Kentucky game. Cause that game was just a joy. Um, but you have all these games throughout TCU and Gonzaga. It's fun to watch them go back and forth. So, you have all these games this weekend or from the weekend that were great, but you had competitive games. You had the right amount of upsets. And now you have the perfect combination of some lower seeds that can still punch against higher with makes them with high elite games. We are on the path for an all timer tournament. And uh, 2019 was my favorite tournament ever. People hated it because of the chalk, but we got the entire second weekend on. We had banger after banger after banger. And because it started with the end of the opening weekend, Duke UCF and UCF almost beating Duke. They had a layup at the gun and missed. And from that point on, we had nothing but gas for literally two weeks. That was sweet 16 games that year. We had Purdue, Tennessee, which was fucking crazy. Um, that went to overtime and was almost to first to 100. We had the Texas Tech and Zaga game in the Elite Eight. We had uh, all the Elite Eight games were, were, were lit. Kentucky Houston that year was really good. Auburn beat North Carolina the way they did was fun. Duke Virginia Tech again was good. All four lead eight games. Duke Michigan State was great. Kentucky Auburn Virginia Purdue is maybe my favorite tournament game of all time. And the other one was the uh, Gonzaga Texas Tech game. Both Final Four games and the national title. All those games were hits were hitters. And I think we're on that pace again now because some of these matchups are good. Let's go into them quickly. Let's see if we can get done in five minutes, then we'll have Danny come on. <coughs> okay. Uh, Michigan State, Kansas State. I'm excited for this. Michigan State, they're favored because, of course, they are. I would take Kansas State. Um, Michigan State, if I had to rank these teams out of it, I may probably be sick. 15th? 14th? 14th? I'd have them above San Diego State and Princeton. That's about it. But I, I think 
but they could. I also won't be shocked if they make the final four because that's just how it is. Izzo is great at getting guys. Um, Izzo is great at getting his guys ready to roll better as underdogs. And if there was a team for Michigan State that was going to get there, it'd be this one. It'd be this one. It just would be. Um, I like the guards. Walker's been good. Hogard can do it, and he's been playing really well lately. Uh, Marquise Noel was the ter- player has been the player of the tournament so far. He absolutely lit Kentucky. He lit, he lit Kentucky's ass on fire. Uh, I expect this to be fun. Uh, I I think Keontae Johnson could have a huge day. I like the size and the wings of Kansas State, and I think they're going to roll. I think they're going to win. Um, the other game in that bracket is FAU Tennessee. <coughs> I think. Tennessee, what they did to Duke by just bulldozing them and just grown manning them was very impressive. I think FAU is the best mid-major in the country. I think they're really good. I would love to see them in the Final Four. I just don't. If if they could beat Tennessee, it'd be impressive. That game's going to be really, really tough for FAU. Um, I think Kansas State is the slight favorite to to get out of the bottom left brackets of the East, but it wouldn't shock me, honestly, if any four of them get out. Now we go to the West. Another one where I wouldn't be shocked if any four of these teams get out. Arkansas-UConn Thursday night is going to be really good. Arkansas has had this weird season of, uh, you could say underwhelming, but you could also look at it and understand that they didn't have a lot of their guys at the beginning of the year. They had to kind of piece guys back into the rotation. Nick Smith got late, got back late, and at times, they, they don't really fit when he plays well. It makes no sense. But they just have dudes at the end of the day. They have, what, five pros on their team? Um, Council's been really good for them. He was solid against – he was really solid against Kansas. Anthony Black is a good decision maker. Walsh on defense is insane and can guard any player. And then you obviously have Nick Smith who can make stuff happen. You have a couple bigs that are nice. But the guy that really won it for them against Kansas was Devo Davis. He had 21 in the second half. There was a stretch when they were coming back and then kind of solidified things late. Ricky Council kind of made the shots late for them, but Davis brought them back into the game. He was unguardable. He was unguardable for like a 12-minute stretch in that game. It was insane. And if they beat UConn, they have to have the cut. They have to have the shot making from Davis, and they have to have the well. It's more of the creativity from Davis, the shot making ability of Council. They have to then patch that up with. Maybe you finally get a good Nick Smith game, and Walsh has to continue to defend, and Black has to do his thing. And the biggest thing I'm worried about, though, in this game with UConn, here's the thing: UConn. If you gave me a ranking of the teams. So far, I would say Alabama, Houston are still the top two. Texas has been third, and the fourth best team is left is UConn, in my opinion. They just are. And what they have been doing, they've been playing great. This is the team that we saw earlier in the season that had some really good wins, and we said, oh, I think they won their their part of the PK90. Um, This is the team that did that, and we were like, oh, yeah, when they are on, and I think they did when they did that, they beat the brakes off Bama. This is a team back then that we were like, yeah, this team could could make a Final Four. Their guards are playing great. Hawkins can catch fire. And Adama Sanogo, he's he's incredible. The other game in this bracket, UCLA Gonzaga. 
17 years to the day when UCLA sent Adam Morrison crying uh, home crying. Hilarious. I think um, I think UCLA should get it done, but God, they're hurt, man. And it sucks because they're without Jalen Clark for sure. Hopefully they have Singleton for the game. I'm not sure. Uh, now we get to the other side of the bracket, and I think I'm leaning. I know who's going to make it, but there's still some interesting games. San Diego State, Alabama. It's intriguing to a degree to see if San Diego State can actually – like they're a team that can guard and you have to guard the deepest team in the country. Here's the thing. People want to talk about how it's shrunk. You don't have great teams. That's false. Bama and Houston are great. And Bama, if Alabama was, if Alabama wore blue instead of red, and their name was Villanova or Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky, we would say they're the absolute, no doubt, overwhelming favorites with a bullet. But they're Alabama, and they're a football school, and people don't like them because of the Brandon Miller thing. Well, guess what? Miller's playing. He played great in the second half against Maryland. Nate Oates is awesome, and they're deep as shit, and they're really good. It will be shocking at this point if they don't win the title outside of, like, maybe playing Houston, even though they beat Houston. So that's where we're at, folks. Like, they are really good, and uh, I think – I want to think San Diego State could maybe – I don't want to think. I love watching Bama. I really like this team. And on I I like Brandon Miller as a prospect. I think he's really good. And I just I don't think the, the off the court stuff, yes, it is what it is, but I'm just looking at it from a basketball lens, okay? Sue me if you want. But the Alabama stuff when it comes to them against San Diego State, can San Diego State score and I just don't think they can. This would be if San Diego State won this game, that would be in my opinion the most shocking thing that could happen this weekend. Maybe even more shocking than like Princeton making the fucking final four would be San Diego State beating Alabama. Miami Houston, it's going to be a tough good game and I think Houston's the second best team in the country, maybe the best. I've loved them all year, but the reason this is a good matchup and a fun matchup, I I cannot believe I sold my Miami stock. They've shown they were good all year. They have guards. They have guards, and guards is what went in March, man. I cannot believe I sold my Miami stock and thought that Drake would fucking beat them. I'm such a dumbass. And then I asked, how are they going to stop Trace Jackson Davis? I'm so stupid. Wong, Wong and Pack lit. They put Indiana in a fucking cigar and lit them like a. They lit them like a blunt on Sunday for thir- for forty minutes, and I thought Indiana would beat them. I'm such a dumbass. I can't believe that. I cannot believe that. Literally the most obvious. uh, You go back and look at all the results, and it's like, oh, of course this is what happened. It was Miami beating the piss out of Indiana. And also finding a way to 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 beat Drake. Punchy Vin Major against ACC champ regular season. And I know down ACC, but live with me against a team with pros and good guards and great coach and team that went to the league last year. Why did I forget my – oh, I say all that to say this. The Houston-Miami game is going to be really good. It's going to be really good. Princeton-Creighton should be fun. Now, here's the thing. Creighton, Princeton, just because of the way they run their stuff, it's going to be interesting. Can they continue to guard like they have? I don't know. But Creighton, people look at them. It's been a lopsided year for them. They started off hot, won Maui, and then just fell to shit. They had injuries. They didn't have a stable lineup, but they've gotten guys back. Their only real, like, stinker loss down the stretch was they were up 10 at half against Marquette and just kind of fell apart. Great win for Marquette, but and that was at home, though, and it was kind of like a whoa. 
Uh, but Coach McBuckets uh, and and those guys, Shireman's been great. Kalkbrenner was awesome in round one. Nemhard was killer against Baylor. Uh, they just got dudes, and I've loved this Creighton team all year from the beginning of the season. And I think people look too much into what happened to them in the middle of the year, and they're really good. They are really good. If if they don't have those and they have the normal season they had, they probably finished with six or seven losses, and they would have been a three seed instead of a six. And then Xavier, Texas. I think Xavier's fun. I just think – and their guards are tough. Boom and, and Kunkel are great, and Nungy's played well. But uh, Texas is just – really firing and Carr and Hunter and the guys they got out there with Dylan DeSue, who's been kind of their best player for the last four weeks against Penn state. He was incredible. So all that's why I really like Texas in that game. Uh, Right now, gun to my head, the final four, Bama, Houston, uh, UConn, Kansas State. The perfect Final Four would be Bama, Houston, UConn, and then Florida Atlantic. Because then you could say it was honestly the three best teams from where we started at the beginning of the year. Because let's be real, after like mid December, the three best teams were Bama, Houston, and 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 UConn. Uh, and then FAU would be the best mid major. They've been the best mid major all season. I know Gonzaga is a mid major, but you get what I'm saying. They've been the best mid-major team all season. They've been they're one of the 15, 20 best teams in the country all year long. They've won 33 games. So that would be my ideal final four, but I think I just think that Tennessee game is going to be tough. It's going to be really tough for them. Uh, but that is that for this weekend. We will have some fun. Uh, any fun, crazy shit happens, I'll probably do quick live stuff to update. But uh, that's where I'm at. Those are my quick picks. We're going to step aside for a minute, and Danny will be joining us next. This episode of the Educated Ignorance Podcast is brought to you by the For Frequency Sake Podcast Network. Make sure you go to our go to For Frequency Sake on Facebook and on Twitter. 
to be able to go find all the latest ups- episodes of your favorite podcast, like Card Subject to Change. And of course, back in your life, the Educated Ignorance podcast. Sundays, we will be doing NBA talk, though we're kind of in a weird flux considering where we're at with the tournament. But I guess this weekend's it'll work out good. We'll be able to do it right after the Elite Eight games. So Sundays will be NBA talk. Once the playoffs get here, we'll have you know crazy stuff going. We'll probably even have hockey stuff if I have other friends on. But Danny will be joining us for that. Uh, and also, when you look at the card subject to change lineup, it is WrestleMania season. That is right around the corner. So tune into that for all of that good stuff as we get closer and closer to the granddaddy of them all. And then also go on to you can on YouTube, on my Facebook, on my t- Twitter, and also the Four Frequency Sake Facebook and Twitter. Go there to check out the interview that was brought to you by QC Custom Tees. Uh, to go watch the interview that we did with Brock Harding and Owen Freeman, the state champion Moline Maroons, on uh, this was last Tuesday, I believe. We had that, and it was awesome. One of the more fun things I've ever done uh, on on a live show. That was great. So we thank them, and we uh, hope that they had a great time, uh, and we hope you enjoyed it. And if you missed any of it and you want to go see it, you can catch it on any podcast network, Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, ask Alexa to play the Educated Ignorance podcast. She'll pull it right up. And then uh, you could also go see it on our YouTube page at For Frequency Sake QC. All right, we're back. It is. There we go. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, everybody. How we doing? Oh, now we're back. Now you're back. So I didn't know what I was going to wear. I didn't know if I was just going to wear a hat. And socks. So I was wearing a hat and socks. Yeah, that's it. But uh no man, this is cool. I'm glad we're on. Yeah, I just wanted I wanted to give you a hard out to make sure you didn't say any dumb shit. Right. Uh uh you can't edit live, bro. Yeah, I found that out the last time. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh no one knows what we're talking about, so that's great. Okay. You're on here to do two things. This is the first time I've ever done the pot on Streamyard, by the way, with a two with a two part thing. Usually, I'd have to to my old thing that actually worked for like four months when I was living in Kelowna, and then the first like month I was living here, that worked well, and I could actually you know record something with somebody one day, record something with somebody another, and then put them all together and make it an episode. Can't with this, even though this is way easier to use than the other thing blew up on me and it pissed me off. But before you say here. your butt. I'm so glad we're on Alexa because that's just so cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, without hands, bro. Yeah, we no were... hands, igno- or educated ignorance, man. Even though the one time we tried to look up the podcast, it tried to tell us it, the history. It told me of, I was gay. It yeah. told you the history of like the gay community or whatever. Uh, it tried to tell us about whales and shit. It was so is weird. Is that what it was? I don't remember. It was so, it was so weird. It was like no, it was, it was the history of gay. It was so weird. I, whales, I don't know about. I don't know. I just wanted to talk about whales. I guess that's where I'm at. We're just here. We're talking about whales. That's where we're at in the day. Is whale talk? I don't know enough about whales. Whale talk and stick talk. Two future songs. That'd be great. Do <laughs> you imagine if that was his remix? <laughs> That'd be something. <laughs> All right, you're back here today. We're gonna. You got a quick coffin, bro. We're live. We are live. We're gonna talk about our title bubble. Um, we're gonna have that. And then we're going to we're not, that'll be the last thing we do. But we're going to talk first about the Eastern, the Western Conference. I did a lot of math. I did the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams. 
Oh, I counted four twice because I'm a dumbass. I wrote out their entire remaining schedules and what I think will happen. We have the these. So here's how the Western Conference kind of aligns right now. As we're doing this at 7:22 East uh, Central Time in Illinois. Um, no, nothing crazy could change tonight unless the Pelicans lost in the to the Spurs. Then that will kind of maybe send the Pelicans into orbit, but. I mean, the biggest game tonight, and we'll probably watch it, 9.30 tip, Clippers Thunder. Why am I having such a hard time reading this? Um, Okay, so just so you can see it. So that this is each team. Right, I got that. And the, this below is their schedule remaining. So you didn't do all the seeds? No, I just did 6 through 11, or oh, 6 through 12. 6 through 12. Okay. Yeah, because then, then I can read it then. Because that's pretty much where it's at. So here in the here's here's the West. The one I, I got it up on my phone too. Yeah, the wet the, taking some stats. The one seed is Denver. The only way that they so they're five and five in their last ten, but I think they've lost the actual number is like five of their last seven. The only way that they get caught by Memphis or Sacramento is like if they continue they to just schneid. Right. And Memphis has actually done a pretty damn good job of stabilizing life without Ja. And spoiler alert, he's coming back. Yeah. They, I mean, they were good with without him last year. Exactly. The only thing that worries me about them in the playoffs is their depth because no Brandon Clark is an issue, which means they're probably going to have to have Steven Adams play more, even though he hasn't played, even though he's been hurt, but he'll come back. So we'll have to play more without Brandon Clark. Do you know when he said to get return? They, I think they're just going to bring him back when the playoffs start. Okay. That's but like without, that. without Clark, they've had to play Xavier Tillman more and Tillman's an actual fine rotation guy in the NBA. Well, you know, they're not afraid of anybody in the West. So I don't think they should really be caring where their seat is. They're, they're fine out West. Josh said, and then they played like shit. The sad part was when they started playing like shit, they were the hottest team in the league. They had won 11 straight. Josh said, we're fine out West. They had the Shannon Sharp incident and then died. And th that was like mid like late January, the curse of Onk. the curse of that cardigan. Is that what it was? <laughs> I guess, pretty much. <laughs> so that's the one seed. Memphis and Sacramento are fighting and clawing for the two, which I don't think will be that important because also at the moment, like, I, here's why it will matter, is for one of them, if they both win, to have home court in the second round because going to Sacramento will be a bitch. Right. It, it just will be. That is like Oracle levels of a home court advantage. They got a lot of a lot of pent up rage, a lot of pent up cheering they've done. <laughs> That's been sixteen years. I yeah, think. is that how long? Yep, sixteen years. The longest playoff drought in play in current sport is going to end. That's crazy this season, and it's awesome. It's been so great, and they're uh, not even a low seed, like you said. They're fight for that second spot. That they could, and and if uh, if if they had some stuff go their way, maybe they could be the one. But I mean, they're four and a half games back. Yeah, pretty much. I wouldn't count on that. No, no, not at all. But the two seeds absolutely in play. So those are going to be the top three seeds. The four and five is going to be Phoenix and the Clippers. It just depends. Unless one of them just dies here in the last week or two, that's really the only way where these five, these six or these five teams will change seeding. The one's going to be Denver. The two and three will be Memphis and Sacramento, depending on who finishes where. The four or five will be Phoenix and LA. The question is who's going to have home court. And then this is where we get weird. Six through 12, each team has 36 or 37 losses. Why is that important, Danny? Because, or why is that important, you asked, Danny? Because you can make up wins, cannot make up losses. So, very true. Uh, 
the loss column with six teams, seven teams, basically all one game within each other in the loss column. That makes sense. So sixth is Golden State, 37 and 36. Seventh is Dallas, 36 and 36. Eighth is Minnesota, 36 and 37. Ninth is Oklahoma City, 35 and 36. Tenth is Utah, 35 and 36. Then eleventh is LA, the Lakers, 35 and 37. And then twelfth is the Sad Pelicans, and it's really sad. Uh, 34 and 37. Um, the Blazers have officially punched their ticket to Wembyland. They are gone. They are 31 and 40. They have officially reached the stratosphere with Damian Lillard. Welcome to the Orlando Magic, LOL. Anywho, so those seven teams are all that matter, not exactly, but at least for the next 11 games. For playoff seeding, yeah. And it's going to be one of those teams will dodge the play-in and either play Memphis or Sacramento. Two of those te- two of them will – four of them will make the play-in and two of them will miss it. And we have – I wrote out the schedules just to do some math and stuff. But let, let those seven teams, who do you feel the best about right now with where they're at? How many you want? One, two, a I, couple? If if you have more than one, you feel really good about. But if like you they're going to make it for sure. Well, or just like where, yeah. where I feel like, yeah, because well, I think it's impressive that OKC is the ninth seed. It, it is. Yeah. It's so I'd, feel, I'd be feeling good about them because they're ahead of schedule, obviously. Same with the Jazz at 10. Yeah, and we and the thing is, going into this week, I thought going into over the weekend, I thought the Jazz were very much on the pull the plug and let's join the Wemby Land uh, universe. But they then roll out and what they won Saturday against the Celtics, and then Monday against the the Kings. So yeah, forget that. I mean, welcome back to the play in, baby. Yeah, they're right at five hundred thirty five and thirty six right now. But a team that uh, you kind of alluded to earlier, the Pelicans, man, they can't stay healthy. It's sad. Yeah, they have a lot of guys and they, a lot of guys that get hurt. They should be ashamed. They're the team I have no confidence in out of all these. I just put them in because they're mathematically. I feel like they got the biggest alive. gap between the floor and the ceiling. They were the fucking one seed before Zion got hurt. Right. I mean, Zion's awesome, man, but you got to be on the court. Yeah, we have reached a status of of just oppression with them. So we can talk about them a little bit, but I don't want to dive into them too, too much unless you have any exact warranting takes that you want to get off your chest about. I got a tidbit I heard a while ago. Uh So it's probably even more true now. Zion's missed more games than LeBron has like in his whole career. That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, it's just so sad, man. I mean, we have reached this point where he has become a... You cannot count on him at all. Street clothes Williamson. And the calm. And the crazy part is, is just it's when he does play, he's amazing. Right. He's literally he's, he's a stud. He's awesome. But can't count on that at all. Okay. So keep going. Uh I like the Mavs a lot. I'm glad they got Kyrie. I think that's fun. And then uh I think they need to have success in this postseason because I mean you got Luke on the line. That that win to kind of snatch ass away from the jaws of whatever is I screw up the saying on purpose, but to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat on Friday, the way they did pretty kind of felt like that saved their season. Doesn't it? Because look at their schedule. 
36 and 36 on the year. They're the seven seed, right? Yep. So they play Golden State tomorrow at home. The Warriors can't win on the road. And then they have a home and home with Charlotte and then go to Indiana. You could rally four straight and then be, and then if you win for those all four of them, which I think they can. Yeah, they very well could. Just because it's a weaker spot. And then you're right back in it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're the seven seed, so they're still on the hunt right now. True, but th- there was that t- they were at one point they had lost like six of their last nine. Who's and the fifth seed? The fifth seed is the Clippers. And what are they? They're like two games in the lost column clear of the of the Warriors. Okay, gotcha. So it, the way it, they would be like a massive run by one of those teams, like well, the Warriors. Well, or they the got Mavs. Westbrook. Well, they f- they stopped playing him as much, so that so I'm I'm not worried about them. Falling. I'm. We're gonna get to the point where we're gonna get to the playoffs, and I might. I will not be shocked if I talk myself into the Clippers winning it. Yeah. The West. They don't. They stop playing Westbrook when it matters, and Westbrook has had moments where he's played well. He played well against. They played the Warriors at home last Wednesday, and he was really good. And they also like the main thing is they stop playing him in the closing in the closing stretch of games. Right. And they've kind of figured it out. So like I'm not and them against the Suns like I know the Suns are what they are but Durant's played three games and K- Kawhi and Paul George they're having to go against that like here hey here's here's your team that's only six deep and you have to play these guys who's like twelve deep they have too many guys but they're also like the worst matchup for the Suns that's gonna be a bitch yeah they're gonna be a tough team come playoff time because they just got so many versatile wings exactly yeah. And I think they figured out the rusting to a degree enough to where I'm not like fuck right. You know, we mm-hmm. might be back on the Clippers train. So the Mavs, they were they were letting go of the rope, but goddamn Kleba hitting Maxi hitting that shot Friday night. That was fun. That it feels like it saved the season. I've seen that one live. Because if they lose that, they're like the nine. Right. It's so yeah. it's so tight. But uh let's talk about the dubs, man. I know we're on opposite ends of the spectrum about them because you hate them. If you, you know, because you know they can't win on the road. They can't. They literally have the worst home. They now have the worst home. They have the worst record uh, in the league on the road. They're 8-29. They beat the Rockets the other day. Congrats. I know. They, the if it means anything, the Lakers didn't. But yeah. granted, a sad AD for no reason. What a stupid fucking loss. That I was. just think that if you have the best player in the series, <laughs> you're at a major advantage. And they've done it before. They've done it so many times. And I, I know it's hard in basketball to just flip the switch, but if there's any team that can just flip the switch, it's those guys. I just think at some point you are who you are. Like even those Cavs teams, remember how the Cavs were the, became the joke of like flip the switch, right? But they also had stretches where they showed what they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so this like this Warriors team, they were ten and ten after twenty games. They were twenty and twenty after forty games. They were thirty and thirty after sixty games. They are now before last night beating the the Rockets. They were played seventy two games and they had one half and lost half. Right, that's just kind of where they're at now. There is a por- por- portion of their schedule. I think there's a world where they lose their next two. They go to Dallas tomorrow, and they play uh, Philadelphia at home after that. But then they get the pr- probably Edwards list Wolves. Then they get the Pels and they get the Spurs all at home. Should win all three of them. Feel c- comfortable about it. Then you go to Denver, Thunder at home, to Sacramento, to Portland. I have them. I predicted them to finish forty-two and forty. Um, I have them tied 
in my final prediction that I bullshitted with the schedule for seventh with the Lakers. The Lakers would own the play the tiebreaker. So I think them and the Lakers will play for the seventh spot. Okay. So you got the Lakers moving up a lot. I do think there's I'm being like half Let me look at their half like glass half full. You think they're beating Phoenix? Uh no Durant at home. Kind of need it. I mean, both teams are hurt, so that'll be an interesting one to watch. Yeah, I think they'll beat them. And then after that, I think I I had to have them lose one of the Chicago games because I just think they're they're not they're they're dumb enough to where they'll lose one of those. Um Chicago just beat your Sixers the other day. Last night, actually. Last night, yeah. Yeah. Uh Weird game, double OT, right? Yeah, it did, and like it was, it was like one twelve to something. It was, it was a low scoring one, double right. OT. Game. Um, no, I just think the Lakers will. So basically, I have it to where the Lakers are going to win five of their next six, and then they're going to lose two in a row. They're going to go to the Clippers and to the Jazz and lose them both, and then they'll be forty and forty. Then they'll play the Suns and the Jazz at home, and win both of them. That Jazz game will be most will be meaningless to a degree, or will be meaningful. For the most part, based on seeding wise, but I think they'll finish pretty clear of the Jazz. Uh, I think that the odd man out is either going to be the Jazz or the Wolves. I think the Pelicans are clearly out. I think the Thunder are going to get in. Yeah, I, let's I, hope so. I'm finishing forty two and four or forty and forty two. They're a fun team, man. I like your take about the Wolves. I know that Edwards and Cat are set to return. What was that Wednesday? So Edwards tomorrow? is going to come back tomorrow. I think so. so. He's what I couldn't. He's the thing I couldn't find anything on. Okay. Well, I seen something. I want to say yesterday or the day before that they were coming back Wednesday, which is good because that Ann Edwards injury looked bad. I didn't see it. He rolled his, the shit out of his ankle against the Bulls. Okay. And it was really bad. Right. So those ankles now, aren't nothing to mess with. Now, man. granted, I can I can talk shit about them, but they did go to MSG last night. I don't know if you saw this. Fucking, did you see Julius Randle last night? Yeah, yeah, 57. Yep. 51 after three against the Wolves, and the Wolves won. Torian Prince, by the way, had like 35 and missed one shot. How many shots did he take? Like 13 or 14. There we go. Torian Prince went nuts. They had to have something. Like, they had nobody. Yeah. Um, And they're tough, man. They're tough out with McDaniels being a just – he's had such a good year. Um, And I think the, the Conley piece has really looked good. In the move, I thought that was win wins all around. Yeah, you've been saying he's a perfect fit for that team since the trade happened. It, yeah, it was a great move for them just because it's you it's know a reliable guy to it's have. It's not dueling solos. D'Lo has been fine with the Lakers. I I still gripe with some of the stuff he does, but they need a guy like that who they need an they, the Lakers need an irrational, confidence efficient uh, guy who right. does dumb shit. They needed that because they. Other than that, they LeBron's just, always had that guy. They just the problem was they had irrational, confident, uh, confident, inefficient guys who did dumb shit. At least Elo was efficient to a degree. Um, so yeah, I think the Lakers can get to a degree hot, hopefully, and get in. Uh, I think they'll make the plan unless they just uh, suffer some really horrific losses, but I don't think they will. I think you know they they staved off the Magic Sunday. And if they win a couple of these games, they can get some cushion. In a perfect world for the Lakers, for them to get to the sixth seed, but I think the Mavs will get there. So you said the Jazz and the Wolves are getting bounced. The the Jazz and the Wolves, the, the it'll come down to Jazz, Thunder, Wolves. If Edwards and Towns are back, I would probably lean Wolves to definitely get in. Um, and then I want the Jazz the to make it, man, because they were such a fun story early in the year. Yeah, when they were balling out. 
Lori Bird was leading the league in scoring for a little <laughs> bit or whatever. I want. I think that'd be cool. I would love for the Thunder. And now, now if we had, if the Wolves somehow missed, that would be hilarious. And then if we got Jazz Thunder nine ten game, that'd be fun. This is the part I struggle with because hmm. I have to decide that there's a team I don't like. That you, yeah, yeah, that's not getting in. I just like all the teams, man. Yeah, it's just the NBA is just such a beautiful spot right now. Yeah, you're way more easier to. Did, I'm, I, I took a lot of overs at the beginning of the year. Let's yeah. put it like that. Did you hear? I'm sure you heard my beginning rant on the pod about Purdue. Like, I just love when teams are miserable when they have bad losses. Right. <laughs> that was me talking about the Boilers. Uh, the Boilers. Uh, so, yeah. That was fun Friday, watching them just absolutely gag the muffin. Has anybody asked what they boil? No. Like, boiler room, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. So, you're a place. Could be. Okay. They are boiler makers. No, they make boilers, bro. They make boilers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's see. There you go. Big old train dude or whatever. That is their logo. The conductor. For whatever reason. <sighs> so, I feel bad for the Pels, as always, because they're always hurt. I think the Lakes have a good chance. Is LeBron going to come back during the regular season? Probably the final week. The final week. So he'll play two, three games max. That Jazz Clippers is a back-to-back. So you'll probably play both or play one of them. I had to guess. And then you play the final two, the Suns Clipper or the Suns Jazz. Um, and I think anybody can win. I mean, I'm not saying the Warriors can't, but I just – if actually, you know what I am. If, if I was going to say, you don't like those guys. It's the, okay. The only team they, I, listen, they're going to be unless they just magically win the rest of their games. They're not going to be a top four seed. How do I expect a team that's probably going to finish ten and thirty-one on the road at best? Here's what I. What did I have them finishing? I had them. I had them losing all but one of their. So I have them literally finishing nine and thirty-two on the road. How do I? How can I expect you to have to go in and 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 be guaranteed only three home games and go and win a title in every round? Do you know why they're so much worse on, on the, the road, road than they are at home? I heard the stat the other day. You're you're really like. This. Is it that bullshit star Broussard, uh, stat Broussard threw out there about the shooting luck? Oh, what's that? Broussard went on TV. It's their opponent's three point percentage. Yeah, no, it's just they can't guard. They're a bad defensive team. Okay, I, so here we go. I don't believe in this stat, but go ahead. At home, they hold teams to 32% from deep. And on the road, they let teams shoot 41% on them from deep. That's a stat. Is, is that the stat? That was the stat. Okay. Yeah. That's very telling, man. They, they're they just not. You think the ledge just don't close out on the road or what? I No, I just, they're just not a good defensive team. And I think it's a, it's an odd variance. But I don't think that's just going to magically. And when I'm rooting for them and going for them, I don't think they're going to win a title. But I think they can win a round. That's no, I think so too. So my take is, if I was the Kings, I would not want to play the Warriors. Let me put it like, oh, that. I don't know, man. I'm not just saying this because I'm a Kings fan right now, brother. They would barbecue the fuck out of those guys because they got the best offense, but in hey, league man. history, yeah. But they haven't been to the they, playoffs, man. That is true. That is a true point. That's a fantastic point. I mean, think about how bad they made the Celtics look 
last year in the finals for being inexperienced. Now you're going to go for 16 years of a playoff drought team. No, I don't think. No, you're not wrong. I'm though. I might be putting the Kings in the title bubble. Yeah, we're at the point where we just might have to. Whoop. That's, that, that was the title bubble. <laughs> you just popped it? I just popped it. How dare you? You're a <laughs> hater. You hate the Kings. That's who you hate. No, I don't hate the Kings. I just I just haven't seen them in the playoffs because <laughs> they nobody, haven't, nobody, nobody has. Nobody has that's alive. You could be driving right now <laughs> and have not seen and the never King. seen them in the playoffs. You're like, what is a King? Like Burger King? Yeah, don't get <laughs> Have it your way? Uh, I finally seen the beam. Yeah? Yeah. For the first time, like the damn bean, brother. I thought it was a bean at first, like they just like a, kidney. They just like they just <laughs> let a be- like they had like the Chicago bean thing out. Yeah, something like that. They, they just lit it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fucking stupid. <laughs> you know how they have like the Brooklyn Bridge, and then there's the San Francisco Bridge. Yeah, I thought there was a Chicago bean. The <laughs> Sacramento, Sacramento bean. <laughs> light the bean. That would have been so much funnier. <laughs> you fucking said light the bean. No, it's a. Fucking ray of light that's purple that gets sent into the heavens. Yeah, I seen that. <clears throat> it's amazing. It's like the ray gun from the Death Star. It'll fire it up. Something like that. It's awesome. So it's worldwide. You think you can see that from space? Probably. Let's go up there when the Kings win the title and see the probably take someone out. I want. I. I'm. I don't know. Probably can't light up too high. No, I don't know when you. They show pictures of people standing outside the arena and like you can see it go all the way up into the sky. Right. And people have sent photos of being like far away in Sacramento and they've been able to see the beam lit up. Okay. So I'm wondering that's, like that's vertically though. I'm talking about or no, that's horizontally. I'm talking about vertical. No, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're far away, like in a county over, yeah, you take a picture and you see the fucking light of purple in the air. Yeah, but I'm saying can you see it from space? Right. No, I'm just thinking like well, that. Ha- that has to be a really strong light for you to be able to see it from far away. Yeah. So like, you gotta want. I'm wondering like if, if they have, did they have to have like f? Would it be eight air traffic control regulations? To where like you know, you have to clear Planes that. Aren't flying. Yeah. That way. Yeah. yeah. You because like I feel like the beam is not that wide though. <laughs> It's probably like got. Decent, it's just a ray of light, right? It's got probably like decent girth on it. It's like a decently girth beam. I'll let you compare. Yeah, I mean, what's you never just compared beams before, bro? It's like probably I like just a, found out it was a beam like yesterday. <laughs> I can't believe you thought it was a. Beam. I haven't seen any pictures. You need to watch more Kings. You need to stay up late, watch Kings games. <sighs> yeah, I haven't seen them play too much. Don't get me wrong. They have a lot of guys I like on that team. They're America's team, bro. But uh, they're playing the Celtics tonight. I can't even say they're early in the process because they have guys that are win now players. It's not like they're rebuilding. They've done rebuilt. Yeah, and they kind of just put it together. Yeah, just came together really fast. Like Phoenix went from ass to they went to the finals the next year. Well, they got Chris Paul, so that kind of helps. Yeah, but I mean, you know. Speaking of good point guards, I mean, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox, the most clutch player in the league. And he might be a first-team All-NBA guy. You think? I don't think he's going to crack that. First or second, it's going to happen. I'll have to see his numbers. You got to think we're going to go to the point where, like, it's going to come down to him. It might come down to him and Dame. I don't think he's going to edge out Dame, bro. Dame's, like, second or third in the league in scoring, right? Yeah, but they've won 31 games. Yeah. 
but he scores like 32, 33. He's got godly numbers. His numbers are not. He'll make Dame will make first or second team probably. Yeah, and then Luca at the other guard I, spot. Yeah, there are four. There are three guaranteed spots right now on first team. Whoever wins the MVP between Jokic and P.S. It's going to be Embiid. It's not. Oh, brother, it's not happening. He's absolutely winning it now. I don't think so. He's like becoming a landslide favorite. Says who? They like the betting the, the odds. Vegas odds. Yes, I think. We'll talk about that later. We're still on the West, aren't we? Or is this going to be our transition over to the Sixers? We can tra- we can transition to it. We can bullshit. If Jokic averages a triple double, they're going to give it to him. I no, I don't think so. Yeah, they will because he still is averaging a triple double, and he's like now an insanely because he's lost five out of his five out of his last ten. Well, that and Embiid, I think the steam of how we have to have a guy this guy win one. You think that's what it is? That's just, I mean, that's. I'm, t- I'm telling you, if he averages the triple double, he's going to get it. I don't. He doesn't deserve it. He just doesn't. I know the triple double, it's cool, and we love numbers and stuff, but he doesn't. To be the first time ever, Sinner's done that besides Will. I understand that. I guess Will didn't even. No, I don't even think Will did it. I think he's got a lot of triple doubles, but I don't think he averaged one. No, say, I, don't think, he, yeah. I think he was like at eight and a half assists. <laughs> I the year he decided to lead the league in assists. Assist, yeah. yeah. It's the thing of like compared to, to compared to Embiid and Gian, even Giannis, who the other MVP is the other guy in the MVP race. And here's the thing, too. They play the Sixers and Nuggets play like next week or the end of the like ne- like next Sunday. Yeah, and Embiid hands Jokic his ass every time they play. If Embiid barbecues him again, then it, I don't care. And if any, it shouldn't be unanimous, but he's he already did it once. He took both of the MVPs that should have been his, not really. Uh, last year should have been, but not the year before. I Jokic is two years ago. I, he should have got it. It would have been Embiid's, but. He ended up missing too many games, and Jokic, they were like the three seed or the two seed. They were the three seed that year. They He deserved it. Last year, I thought it should have been Embiid. I was still okay with it being Jokic, even though I think you go down a very slippery slope when you give it to a guy on a team who was a six seed. It allows for this year, for him, for everybody to think he's going to win it, but I think we're on the path now of... So, like, the triple-doubles I get, but Embiid still averages 10 boards. He's averaging a block... He's averaging nearly two blocks. He's averaging a steal. He's averaging like four assists. He's averaging 10 more points. Yep. That's the one. And his numbers are still really efficient. And he's also a board. He's, I don't know if he will this year, but he's an all defensive level caliber guy. He's averaging 33 and a half. The, the stat that I saw the other day, which is nuts. There are only three guys ever in a season that have averaged more than him in the last two years. Or I guess just last year, just last year, because la- or this year, because last year he averaged just over like 30 and a half when he won the scoring title, which, by the way, he's the only center ever to win a scoring title since set or the first center to win a scoring title since Shaq. I don't think any center has averaged 30 a game since like <laughs> Wilt has to be Wilt. <laughs> Shaq never averaged 30. Oh, he didn't in a season. No, I want to say D Rob. I think when he dropped 71. Oh, yeah. To win, that's yeah. The year. He averaged 30 that year? I think so. So, okay, then probably that. But that's the last time a center ever averaged 30. And Maybe, he's the yeah. first center to win the scoring title last year. He's going to win the scoring title again. He's averaging nearly 34 a game. I mean, the Sixers got the leading point getter and the assist leader in Harden. Harden's he's, been great this year, too. He's going to be an all NBA guy. He'll be probably third team. 
You think? Oh, he, he wasn't even an all-star. Yeah, he was. Oh, no, I guess he did end up having it. No, he'll be All-NBA. He's been so good. You also got to think all-star. Think of some of the guys that have continuously missed games since all-star game or since the all-star game yeah. that were made the all-star. Like, he's going to pass Kyrie in the All-NBA ballot easily. And, you know. Right. He's, he'll be he'll be third-team All-NBA. Let's hope so, man. I think right. he went from uh, overrated to underrated real fast. Yeah. He, quickly, just because overrated – when he was in Houston, balling out, and and then underrated when he the the the, the little spoon with the Nets to the beginning of the Sixers, it was like let's not even put him on top fifty list because we just don't know what he is. And this year he's been great. He's definitely going to get an All NBA spot. I think on the odd man out, unfortunately, in the All NBA spot for guards might be Shea. Unless they if they, though if they keep this up, if they actually keep playing well, I was one of the things we were going to say real quick about. I think the, the voters will be excited to put Shea in. Well, one of the things is I think that with the all uh with thunder i was going to mention this before we moved off the west the west uh shay like i thought the thunder were like done shay had missed some games just randomly and i thought they were just punting on the year but they came back and they've been playing really well they've gotten some wins they went to or they played phoenix and won on Sunday, that was an impressive ass win. So, like, they're a good team. They're fun to watch, man. Like, before yesterday, they didn't play, but before yesterday, they're the eight seed. So, like, they're right there. And you got to remember, they got more Lou Dorks than everybody else. <laughs> exactly. And that counts for something. Uh, and Jalen Williams, the kid, not the Arkansas one, which he's been good, but the kid from Santa Clara. Right. He's been awesome. J Dub. Yeah. That's the one they call it. Oh, boy. He's been good. He's, been, he's easily been the second best rookie in the NBA this year behind Paolo. Another weird stat. The Arkansas Jalen Williams led the league and or led the country and charges taken last, last year. Yeah. Now he leads the NBA and charges taken. He does. Yeah. I'm glad because everyone hated him in college for take because he he flops like motherfucker. He's he is the perfect person in my rule of in college just flop because everything's a charge and I hate it. But that's just he was the perfect example of that. We got good at it because he's leading the association now. That is correct. And you, but the thing is, in the association, you got to earn the motherfuckers. Yeah, you got to wear them on your chest. Yeah, you got to earn those ones in the league. So, uh, but yeah, to the All NBA thing, that this if Shea ends up getting like the eight seed, if the Thunder, then that might actually Shea might get swooned back into that third team spot. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think Harden's gonna make it. I don't think he will. I think I haven't I actually think he'll be over Shay. I we, we would have to sit down and actually go through everything. I, I've just read other people's to a degree. I haven't actually wrote mine off. So, but but seeing his name in it, he deserves at least to be in the mention. It's like averaging twenty two and ten. I think leading the league in assists though, and he's been the second best player on the. They listen at the end of the day, they've been the best team in the league since November. Twenty one point four points. Efficient, though, too, and the assists are great. I wouldn't say efficient. I guess you're right. I'm probably being over that. Yeah, his field goal percentage is 44. Look, he's actually just evolved to what we wanted him to evolve to. But he is shooting 38% from deep. His volume is obviously just insanely down. It's so much more. Like, uh, What were his average shots from three in Houston? Oh, I have no it idea. had to be close to twelve or four to fourteen, right? Something like that, yeah. I think. Yeah. So for him to only shoot seven a game is a lot. I mean, seven still quite a few shots. Don't but get com- me wrong, but, but from, compared, like you said, coming off of shooting fourteen a game, probably at least. I think it was something like that. It was probably more right. like eleven or twelve. I don't know, man. I think it was pretty high. Uh, I mean, I know he was shooting way more than Steph. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point because that whole Steph team was, is always kind of around ten. That whole team was threes or layups. Uh, so no, I think Embiid's definitely going to win the MVP. We're at that point now where I think he's going to definitely win the MVP, and uh, I, I'm also okay with still just letting it play out. Like if the Nuggets end the season on a nine and one stretch and Jokic is just lighting dudes alive, right? You know. I don't. Do you think there's a world where Giannis wins, or do you think he's too far on the outside? God, you would actually you would think that they're like twenty. They've won like twenty two of their last twenty four. That he would be. They got their best record. They've been awesome, and he hasn't had his Robin with him. No, if Middleton's still going to be Robin, we'll I have think, to see. I think Giroux is their Robin now. Yeah. By the way, Giroux deserves some borderline All NBA love. Borderline. Probably not on it, but oh boy, right? If you just brass taxed it, he'd be uh, on it. We'll do our All NBA stuff at the end of the year, though. We'll actually calculate all that shit. We'll do awards and everything. Um, the oh man, I, maybe there's a world, but if the Sixers, I guess I'm just thinking the Sixers are just going to continue to do what they've been doing, which they've been the bet they've had the best record in the league since December started. Okay, that's a good stat. Which it is. I mean, that's, they've they've been amazing, right. and uh, with Embiid, he's been the clearly the best guy. Um, and I was gonna make the joke when they played the Nuggets that first time. He took both of those MVPs and stuck them. Well, he stuck one up Jokic's ass, and he beat Jokic over the head with the other. And if he does that again next week, it's probably gonna lock the ward up <laughs> with about five games to go. And fair or unfair, it might do that. Um, but. I still don't. Th- I still don't see it happening, man. But basically, everyone was handing Jokic the MVP in like January, unfairly. Right. So. No, it is unfair that if he balls out against him, he should get more recognition for it because he can't guard him. No, he can't. No, and and he yeah he flambeed the shit out of him in that game. I think it was when we went up for the Simeon game, was when they played, and he just beat the piss out of him. Uh, I think. Jokic will de- like so. The reason I brought that up was I was mentioning the All NBA spots open because we were talking about De'Aaron Fox being a first teamer, right? Oh, that's what I was supposed to look up was his stats. Um, Giannis is going to get one. Whoever wins MVP, which I think it's going to be Embiid, he'll get one, and then Luca is going to get the other. Uh, Tatum probably should get the other forward spot, and then the other guard. Do you give it to Dame? Do you give it to De'Aaron Fox? Can Jammer? It would have been Ja, but you know he kind of turned into uh, Larry Hoover. So where does he fall in the NBA relegation? De'Aaron Fox. His numbers are silly. De'Aaron Fox. Even his clutch numbers are silly. Yeah, his clutch in the fourth quarter turns it up. But he's averaging twenty-five and a half, four point three rebounds, and six point two assists. You know who I really like on that team? You know who. On that team? Yeah. Sabonis? I do. He's like discount Jokic. Yeah. Basically. Pretty much. He rebounds a little bit better than him, though. They're just saying something. He just doesn't score as much, even though Jokic only averages 24. Right. Sabonis is like But he's just such a good passer, and he just gets after it. Yeah. He's a great rebounder. He doesn't have, like, the flair and pizzazz. He's not as creative as a passer either, but he sets guys up, though. Right. They basically run, like, the NBA's version of the Princeton offense because mm-hmm. they just high-post Sabonis, 
and have dudes cutting and running off of him. Well, and think it's about all the crazy, all the good cutters they have, and all the good drivers they have, and then all the shooters they got. Yeah, so that's a perfect team to run off the guy in the high post. He he really is. He's been awesome. It's the weird sense of they gave up a guy who by this time next year is probably going to be a bona fide top 15 player in the league. He's already in my book pretty close to that. And uh, they lost the trade, but they still won the trade also. Yeah, I don't think anybody it's the, lost that it's trade. The mo- it's the rarest <clears throat> win-win trade in the history of the league because trading Halliburton unlocked Fox when at this time last year it was like, are we sure Fox is good? And now he's awesome. I'm. I literally, if I if I had to today, but when we get to two weeks from when we get to the second Sunday in April, I'll probably put down Fox on first team because they'll probably be the two seed. And like, I just feel like the king, like Sabonis, will be third team center. Um, even though God, it's going to be hard keeping Bam off of all NBA team. But how can you not have Sabonis, right? Right. Uh. It's just it unless Ja comes back and is amazing, I I'm gonna value the winning for over Dame's 31 a game. Plus, there might be a world where Dame gets shut down by the end of this week. Not that that's Ooh. gonna matter too much, but so you think the Blazers are gonna tell him not to play? That's like been a thing that that's like been a possible. I don't see Dame doing that. He talked about in his press conference like the other day, like talking about competing and love for the game and stuff, and said, well. You know, basically saying if they're too far out of it, like, what's the point? Dame doesn't really help his case a lot of the time. No, he doesn't. He loves the grind. God, I hope he. I hope someone trades for him. It's, it, it's they, a, they're not going to trade him, man, because they're going to look like a laugh of an organization more more so than they already do. No, I think they honestly look like more of a laughing stock of an organization if they keep him. If they keep him, because well, he talks about how he wants to be there. Yeah, you know when everybody was going nuts because Toronto got rid of Demar. You remember that? It's way worse than that. T- Toronto, I don't know. Toronto's different. I think people didn't really get it. Also because of the Kawhi thing, not many people actually bought Kawhi at that time. But people felt really bad for Demar, and they will feel even worse for Willard. They felt bad for Demar because he got traded to the Spurs, and the Spurs were just now trading their best guy. That's why I think people, but I don't think so. I think that had something to do with it. If if Dame gets traded to the fucking Celtics, are we going to feel bad for him? Or be like, yeah, they're the best team in the league. But he doesn't want to go. I feel like it. I feel like this, the, the Blazers have to look themselves in the eye and understand that they are in a look. Should they do it? Absolutely. They should understand that they are in a Kate. Listen, I also think too. The I have said on this show, and just in general, I think the Blazers are a lot closer than people think because there's I like Simons. There's pieces coming off, but the only way that they have that path, the only way it's a one way street, is if they win the lottery and get Wemby. That's the only way because then you're pairing Wemby, who we all think is a future top fifteen guy in the league, probably top ten, like he just is, with a guy who right now is one of the fifteen best players in the league. So that would that's the only way that the Portland thing works. If they if even if they finish second in the lottery, you you trade them. You it's just something you got to think about. You trade them cuz you can get a good haul, you can get picks. You could probably get some like second tier players on whatever team you get them. They're not going to do it, man. 
like I said, they it's, should do what it, I was going to say was if you if Portland looks themselves in the eyes and they go to Dame and talk to him and think of it as the KG Timberwolves thing. Dame can come back just like KG did with the Wolves, not come back and play like KG did, but like KG tried to buy the team. KG's a hero in Minnesota. I don't doesn't think have a statue. Huh? Doesn't have a statue. Will eventually. Probably. I think so. You would fucking imagine. I think they will. I don't think A-Rod's that I mean, so deaf. Who else is going to have a statue if it's not that guy? Pat Bev, bro. Throwing his jersey in the crowd. after winning the playing game. Come on, man. The fuck's going to have a statue? <laughs> Go Hogs, baby. <laughs> Disgraceful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's where I think it should. it's at with Pat Bev. Or with uh, Dame. With Pat Bev. Yeah, yeah, with Pat Bev. <laughs> Statues in Minnesota with Pat Bev. Uh, before any other... Uh, let me think. Did you have any other like queers or quamries about anything before we get into our title bubble? Oh, I didn't know we were doing that. Yeah, we were. We are. I'm throwing it on you right now. Okay. Uh, oh, man. Do you have... Uh, Real quick, the floor is yours. Talk about the Hogs, bro. I think they're going to lose on Thursday. I don't really know enough about it, man. I haven't watched too many games. I will say that uh, they were impressive last game. Yeah, the fact that they won that game was damn impressive. Yeah. Was it uh, Davis? Was that his name that was going off? Yes. Yeah. He was awesome. Boy, was the bucket. Who do they play now? UConn. UConn. UConn's just all right, aren't they? No, they are amazing. They're really good? Oh, yeah. I thought they were like the four seed or something. Yeah, but four seats are still pretty good. But here, UConn at the beginning of the year was awesome. So I, I said I think if the final – I think if three of – UConn, Houston, and Bama make the final four, that will be, three, I think, the three best teams to a degree all season, even though UConn had a much lower valley than Houston and Bama did. Houston and Bama were basically top five AP all season. UConn at the beginning of the year won their portion of the PK90 tournament in Portland and beat Bama in the final and like wrecked them. Um, so UConn, but then Bama went to Houston and won. Uh, and then UConn in Big East play was, they had some a weird stretch of Big East games and they just could, but the final month of the year, they started to roll and they lost in the Big East semis to Marquette. And there are two tournament games. They've been awesome. And I think UConn, I think UConn's going to the Final Four. That's what I want anyway. Um, that's where I'm at right now. So we'll see. So you just wanted me to talk about my Hawks so you could talk about the Huskies. I talked about the Huskies earlier, but I wanted you to talk about your Hawks. Thanks. See what you think. Like, I think it'll be a good game, though. That'd be a question to ask Pat. I also think the Hawks could make the Final Four because they play UCLA. Shout out, Pat. Shout out, Pat. Whoever wins that game, I think, is going to go to. I think whoever wins that game will be Gonzaga or UCLA. Okay. Joe Title Bubble, Volume Three. Here's right there, Volume Two, Volume Two. So, the, your Volume One that did not make the airwaves. Well, you had a sixteen. So I always say the 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 fire code is eight. You cannot have more than eight. Bro, eight's like almost a third of the league. The league's stupid wide open. I know. I'm just saying. There's we have twelve teams right now that are pot that can still make the playoffs in the West. Would we be shocked if nine of and like either of like the top nine made the finals? Seriously, it, like 
outside of like it's crazy. So your first bubble, you had Denver, Phoenix, Dallas, I I can Clippers. Read. I was right. just reading to the people. No, you can read to the people, but I was going to read to the people. Oh, go bro. ahead. That's my list. This is your first I list. had Denver, Boston, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Dallas, and the Clippers. That was your first title bubble. Yeah. Which was With two, the weeks, Cavs, two weeks ago. It was longer ago than that. We went to state, bro. It was not the week before we went to state. Oh, yeah. It was the week after the regional title game. So three weeks ago. That was when you did that last. Yeah. But now we'll keep up on this because. So who did you drop from volume one to volume two? Volume one, I had Suns, Mavs, Nuggets from the E, from, and Clippers and Grizzlies, all from the West, Boston, Philly, <clears throat> Milwaukee. I took out Memphis, uh, the, Clips. the Clippers, and the Mavs. So I had Nuggets, Suns, and then I had Celtics, Bucks, Sixers. All right. You want me to go first? Of course. Okay. So I gave you the paper partner. Danny is writing his uh, his eulogy right now. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been, no, I'm not going to go in order. I'm not going to make it hard. Yeah. If it means anything, I have been in this room for 12 hours. Almost. 11 hours. I'm going to say what you would tell me at what? this time. What? This sounds like a you problem. It is a you problem. <laughs> this is a me problem. Advantages of working from home. You stay in the same room. All day. I've been in this fucking chair for 11 hours. Do, 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 do I still think? March 21st? Why March 21st? See, I want to have less teams, bro. How about this? in uh, Here's a stat. Uh, March 21st is now Moline Maroons Day in Rock Island County. Really? How about, how about that? <clears throat> you said March what? Uh, March 21st is Moline Maroons Day. 21st? I don't even know what today is. Oh, that's today. That is today. Wow. I was just looking on the Facebook while Danny was. Oh, here's a QC Custom T shout out because they sponsored our show last week. Um, Wednesday through Friday, um, the 22nd through the 24th, uh, the state champions online store will reopen for two and a half days. If you missed out the first time, go to QC Custom Tees and get more stuff. I'm currently waiting for our order because we've got two hats. I've got a pullover. That's cool. I can't wait to that pullover. It's going to be sick. A sweatshirt. Too bad we couldn't wear it for Moline Day. No, it'll be fine. They dropped the ball on you, bro. Um, They did. I wish I would have had that for this weekend because I would have wore the pullover out while I was getting hammered on St. Patrick's Day. Getting hammered like a nail. Uh, I did wear maroon, though. I didn't. I know. I saw. I said. I'll watch your story. We live together. I see you often. I said, I said, you were the con. We was cool. Oh, I guess I'll bring that up in Tales from the Broadcast booth because I'll mention. I'll tie it in together with the stuff. Wear maroon when you black out. Exactly. All right, your title bubble, you have added a team. Who'd you add? The Sixers. Finally! Come to your senses. Just for you. About fucking time. Uh, Suns, Mavs, Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Clippers, Denver. Go go ahead and talk it over. If you want to do, do like a 10 to 12 second soliloquy on each team in, in your world, that's your title bubble. Well, I really like the Suns. At full health, I think they would be my title favorite to win. Mm-hmm. But uh, like what you said earlier, they're not very deep, and they're already hurt. So I feel like that's a bad combination. 
Um, I like Denver as well, but uh, I think that Jokic kind of sets them back defensively in a playoff series because they can't run drop coverage all the time because they're going to have guys figure it out. They're going to shoot over the top of that screen. But, uh, yeah, those are those are my top two right now. Well, no, scratch that. I think I would have Milwaukee ahead of Denver. I think Milwaukee has earned the we are the favorites. Yeah. Come and get us. They're so good, man. They got the best player in the world. They so. should be going for a three-peat right now. As much as I love the Celtics last season, I still love them, but essentially they should be going for a three-peat at this exact moment. But uh, I was there watching when Chris Middleton slipped and apparently sent his knee into to Saturn's rings. Uh, that happened at the game we and Blake went to. Um, so other than that, you had the Bucks. Obviously, you added the Sixers. Um, that stat, man, that's his real stat. Best team in the league since December. Yeah, that's very telling. That they have been the most consistent team in the league. Uh, and you add so that was the only team you added. Still feel good about the Mavs. <clears throat> I'm a little shocked. Well, I mean, think about how far they made it last year and they didn't have Kyrie. Is it the Luca factor? Yeah. Luca's one of the only superstars that really gets better in the playoffs. And he is literally like one of the, the already the greatest playoff player ever outside of like LeBron and Wilt. Every every playoff stat now is LeBron, Wilt, Le, uh, LeBron, my bad, LeBron, MJ, and Wilt. Right. It's LeBron, Jordan, Wilt, Luca. Mm-hmm. That is every wild playoff stat that's ever happened basically now. Well, in, uh, <clears throat> in Mitchell, when he bowled out, him and Jamal. Yeah, no shit. That was like the best series of all time. It was nuts watching him and Jamal se- just drop 50 on each other. In front of nobody. <laughs> in front of fucking nobody. <laughs> in front of emotes. Pretty much, man. Pretty much. Uh, okay, I'm writing mine down. Uh, anything you want to say? What about the Celtics? They've been playing. It's been a mess lately. <sighs> They've fallen off. They hit the, they hit the slide. They haven't played great. They've been hurt. Marcus Smart hasn't played lately. I just, I really don't think I would, when I watch them, I just don't think championship team. I thought that and I know they were almost there last year, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but yeah. Cause it'd be like the next step is title. I, yeah. I like the Celtics more when they weren't trying to contend for whatever reason that is. And now that they're actually in contention, I don't think they're that good. They're like, it's <laughs> Ryan Russillo said it about Jason Tatum. He's like, he's too good to be in the second tier of players, but not good enough to be in the first. Yeah. I was like, God damn, that's kind of a perfect because he is like one of the six best players alive. Se- se- six or seven best players. He alive. is the line. He's kind of the barometer for are you a tier one guy or not? But I mean, listen, last year in the playoffs, he was amazing. He just takes some really bad shots sometimes. Very bad situations. Um, okay. No good. Uh, why am I? I hate that I put them in, but I have to. Who's that? You'll see. Um, putting them back or putting them in. I'm glad you asked me about Dave. Yeah, I yeah. was gonna go see him yesterday. Made my heart happy. Yeah, yeah. We were out. I'm gonna try to Facetime him later if you want to be a part of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we'll be together, so why not? Right. Uh, I. Yeah, we were at Maurice's because Nicole had a bod. She bought something. You were where? Maurice's. Is like that a, like in an alley? So, yeah. 
<laughs> it's it's in the same uh, shopping mall as the PP in Iowa City, and then the house in Champaign. Oh, okay, <laughs> and that's where no Maurice is a women's clothing store. Okay, it's in the mall, Nicole went and she bought something, and I was gonna say, hey, let's go see my friend, but he wasn't there. That'd be a good connection to make. Yeah, David Nicole, you think so? It's not a bad connection. We need to have Dave and Ken hang out. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be something. That would be an entertaining, entertaining moment of life. I feel like they would like form a new crystal. Probably. Just from connecting. <laughs> they probably would. Uh okay. I have six. Do I want a seventh? I need a seventh because of where I put the shout out Dave. Shout out Dave. So Bucks, obviously. 76ers, obviously. Celtics, obviously. I'm not adding the Knicks. I know you dorks probably want it, but I'm not. Who wants that? People that like the Knicks. Um, Who's that? Just Who the, are your friends, the, bro? The, Get off Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I'm speaking to Twitter people that I don't know. Jeez. Uh, the, the Knicks? Can't add the Cavs. Why do you, I'm still... The Knicks? Yeah. I know. I know. Um <sighs> The West, I have the Nuggets. I have the Suns. You're really trying to make it eight, bro. I am trying to make it eight. You don't have to. I don't. This is like the challenge rule. Because here's the thing: a part of me doesn't want to put the Suns in here. Yeah. It's just I've they. You don't have to. They're gonna come back, but I'm gonna. Because you know, in your heart of hearts, that it's a good idea. Yeah, but I'm okay. I'm doing this. It's it's at eight this week. Because I'm back on one wagon. I'm back on two wagons. And I'm back on two wagons. And we are throwing the wagon. I do not fucking care. So <coughs> the five from last bubble staying. Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Nuggets, Suns. And then welcome back, Clippers. Welcome back, Grizzlies, and welcome. The bubble officially lights the beam. The Sacramento Kings are in the title bubble. There you go. Here's why. This isn't just Kings standum. If I had to put them on the bubble list, they'd probably be eighth. Them and Memphis are like tied for seventh. It's just the fact of of the teams in the West, I actually have the least amount of questions and flaws with the Kings. Their, their only flaw in question, their defense isn't great, but that's like one thing. So if I made you cut it to six, you would take out the Grizz and the Kings? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If the if the fire code got shrunk down, if we ended up moving into if we downsized and we had the, the fire code could no longer be eight, fire code was six, the Kings and the we would have to switch hangout dates with the Grizzlies and the Kings. I want to make you put it down to four, but I'm not gonna be evil. Four? Yeah. That's easy. You think? Yeah, Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Nuggets. Okay. If I had to go gun to head, I would probably still pick the Nuggets to win the West right now. But you're goddamn right. If they play the Lakers in round one, I'm picking the Lakers. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna have to. I'm not gonna pick against LeBron and AD against them. I just won't. But outside of that, I probably will have faith some of this stuff I say resonates with you. Why? Because I know you're smart sometimes. Yeah. Why do you feel like you would? Is that you, you? You would you pick if the Lakers are the eight seed? Would you pick them against the Nuggets? No. Okay. No, I wouldn't. 
I pick them against the Kings, though. The Lakers? Yeah. I actually feel like, well, mm, I, here's the thing. I want the Lakers to be the eight. In a perfect world, the Lakers are the eight and the Kings are the two, and they play in the conference finals. That'd be so goddamn amazing. Yeah. Oh, got to be good. It's a tall task to ask, man. I know. Kings could get there. The Kings are the two, and they have the Grizzlies or the six-seeded Warriors going to their place four times at least. That's I mean, not easy. What do you got the Grizz in there? Why? Yeah. Because they've played. They've rallied really, really well the last week or two. Beat the shit out of the Warriors twice at home, which, depending on who you ask, is nothing or everything. I think it's somewhere in the middle just because of how they handled them. <laughs> they they just have played much better. I know the Brandon Clark thing is bad, but like they the fact that and that all signs point to them getting job back soon. He was with the team the other night. He practiced. Yeah, he was and he was at the game yesterday. Said he's not gonna tweet or post on social media anymore. Good job. Congrats. That's great. So if we get Ja, if we get, you know, smart jaw, like he can do he can do his hoodlum, whatever shit. Just be smart about it. Don't point, you know, don't point text beams text and- with laser pointers at the at teams at you know team staff or like hold a gun in a strip club on IG. You know, enjoy yourself, but don't be a dumbass. And if we get him locked in, you know, welcome back to one of the eight best players alive to a team that has some juice. See, I like the Grizz. Don't get me wrong. Shout out Will. But uh, shout out Will. I don't think that their second best player, Trey J, is good enough to win the title. No, but because I think they need more of a scoring threat. Because imagine them playing a team like the Clips in the playoffs. They're going to have too many versatile defenders to throw at Jaw, and they're always going to be ready to guard them because they're going to be fresh. True, but they have I think, so many bodies to throw at them. I think Jaw could light a team like that up, oddly enough, because of his style. Because, yeah, because his half-court game, it's not – it's not Luca, but it's like bottom shelf version of Luca where he's got the playmaking. He just doesn't have the shooting, but he drives and attacks. The problem for the Grizzlies, though, is their half court offense sometimes is pretty shitty. Right. And if they could just fucking figure that out, they'd probably win the they win the whole thing. But that's maybe a next year thing. Yeah, I don't think they're ready for it yet. No, but I think but the way they've kind of rallied the troops and they have they really the last just- two weeks were a huge sink or swim moment for them and they have they have floated really well. Did they have the quickest turnaround from America's team to the most hated team? Yeah. It's kind of sad. You knew that that was going to come quick with how they acted. It was going to – I personally like it because I'd rather have my team be way over – because it's not like they're out here saying everyone sucks. They're basically saying we just don't give a shit. Like, we'll play. Come at us. You know, there's a difference. And there's parts of Dylan Brooks's game that even though I despise him most of the time, mainly because I like the Grizzlies and I want to see them win. And Dylan Brooks is shooting way, way, way too many shots. So that's the part of me I don't like. But, you know, Dylan Brooks is if Patrick Beverly was skilled. <laughs> and actually, that's a solid player. He actually can do stuff for you. And he's a great defender. And he's great at being a dick. And that's what you sometimes need. You need that guy. You need a guy like that. You're right. You do. The problem is I just would rather him take 10 shots instead of 19. And sometimes he takes 19. Uh, but I am I do agree with you, the second scoring option. But Jay, Triple J has been amazing. He will have to be great in the playoffs because their bench is going to be really, really short without Brandon Clark. Because he went in DPOY. It's going to be him. 
he the, yeah he should because he cut he didn't get robbed last year because I think Marcus Smart deserved it plus we needed a guard to win it to break up the monotony so he should win it this year but I also wouldn't be shocked if Brooke Lopez got it because Brooke's been great it's one of them but I think JJ's uh, Trey J's the leader of the house he's the leader in the clubhouse as we head into the final two weeks of the year for DPOY right early awards teaser by the way that'll be April 9th final Sunday of the year. We do our award show. Um, <coughs> and all Shout out us in the future. Shout out to us in the future. Uh, so, yeah, that's my title bubble. And the Kings, like I said, the Kings because I, I put the Clippers back in because even though the Westbrook thing, they figured out he in the small moments that he can do, he's, he's playing okay. And they have learned to, you know, kind of navigate his minutes better to not close him. Kawhi's been awesome for two months now. Uh, and, you know, they've gone back to playing Terrence Mann more, which at first when they got Russ, it was like, oh, my God. Well, they had to feel him out. They had to see what was going on. Because Russ is starting games, which I still don't like, but I'd rather him do that than finish games. Right. I'd rather, uh, you know, in a perfect world, you could have him just come off the bench and run his own unit. But the way they operate, they kind of want to split net minutes with Paul George or and Kawhi at times in the middle of games. So they're going to have, you know, Russ out there regardless with one of them. So I guess it just makes sense to start Russ if that's how you want to navigate the minutes. But as long as he's not closing games and you have at least Eric Gordon, Terrence Mann, some sort of combination like that. Um, some nights will call for Russ to finish a game, but most nights it won't. And at the beginning of the – at the first – when they started off 0-5, there were some nights where they just tried to f- stick the square peg into the tiny round hole. And it didn't work. Um, so that's well, I'm glad they did that because they actually figured it out. Yeah, Tyloo actually was was better than most coaches. You seen the chart? Hmm. The more you fuck around, the, the more you find out. They fucked around and they found out. The problem is most NBA teams were just like, no, it's us, bro. We'll just keep we'll keep going. Every NBA coach lived vicariously through NBA Twitter of you know we're just gonna keep playing Russ. And he Tyloo's been like, guys, we'll play, we'll play him. And we're not going to ride and die by him. So we'll see. And then the Kings, again, as oddly as it sounds, I, they're the one team in the West that I have the least amount of questions about. It makes no sense. It's going to, when you actually break it down on you a. You think that's because you watch their games more than anybody else? No, because I don't watch them more than like guys like Bill and Rusillo and that. Those well, I mean, in. you watch. Oh, the, them are they the than... team I watch the most in the league? That's a great question. Who do I watch the most in the league? They're up there. They're on the short list. They're like one. They're easily one of the five. So do you feel like that's why you have less questions about them because you've seen them more times? No, it's just like a schematic thing. They're, okay. The only thing that worries me is their inexperience, and it's obviously the biggest one. The defense, to a degree, like I don't think it's going to magically be great, but I just think their defense also they aren't great on defense, but I also think that their defensive numbers are tied to their pace as well. Okay, so you think they're going fast, which is why they give up more points, why the defense doesn't look as good. To a degree, yes. Okay, I got you. Now, it's also because they they don't have great defenders outside of, like, Harry Barnes and eventually Keegan Murray, but Trey Lyles off the bench, but, like, eh, outside of that, they don't have great defenders. You know, so uh, and I think people are going to be worried. People are going to look at that and they're going to be like, oh, when the game slows down, when they're not scoring 124, they'll they're not going to, they're no, their half court offense is going to be fine. Cause guess what? In these late games, when they've been awesome, 
the game slows down and it's a half court game and De'Aaron Fox is the best player in the league in the clutch. So like I think that'll be fine. Out of nowhere, too. Yeah, I just don't like with the with the the Nuggets, Jamal Murray's been bad lately. I feel like we're really gonna be counting on Michael Porter to hit all of their most important shots. Can he do that for two months? We'll see. Jokic in the playoffs has not been great the last two years, so we're gonna figure that out. That's I think, a, I think Murray will turn it around though. I think he plays better in the playoffs than he does in the regular season. Me too. The last couple weeks he's just been bad. Um well, I'm glad he's getting it out now than later. Yeah. The Suns is health, the Clippers even is health, which are huge questions, more worse questions than the Kings. Kings is just they haven't been there before. Um Memphis, it's just kind of like a numbers thing and what are we going to get from Ja coming back? The Warriors can't win on the fucking road. The Lakers are the Lakers. Uh and then the Mavs, they they are they're worse on defense than the fucking since they got Kyrie than the fucking Kings. They are. You know, but they got Luke and Kyrie. If the Mavs and Kings match up like three six, I'd probably pick the Kings. Okay, I'm being honest. They are the one team. I think they got like the highest floor in the low. Who the Mavs? Well, no, let me put it. They got the highest ceiling and the lowest floor. The Mavs do. Yeah, yeah, because they if they put it all if they get the six seed and put it all together, they could go to the finals. I think if they figure it out. They'll have an offense like the Kings almost. I do think whoever I do think whoever comes out of the West though is just going to be lambs to the slaughter. You think? Yeah, unless for unless like so you like Milwaukee that unless much? or unless Boston or Philly just like mentally midgets it in the finals like Boston did last year to a degree. But I think Harden's trials and tribulations and Bead is due. Like Boston so learned about, from last year. You're not worried about Harden falling off in the playoffs. Another thing, it's just kind of like he's due, right? And he's playing really, really well this year, and he's not going to have to be the man. So I think as long as all those things continue to contribute, I feel really good about the Sixers. But and then to the Bucks, like we'll have to see. I think the Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers are all mismatch nightmares for whoever comes out of the West, outside of maybe Phoenix, just because Phoenix had Phoenix or LA or the Clippers, or maybe the Lakers to a degree. But Phoenix and the Clippers specifically because of the defense and the depth of the Clippers and the uh, just the amount of dudes. Like you can put Durant and Booker out there and they can look. They won't be scared of looking Giannis, Harden, Embiid, Tatum, Brown in the eye and saying, we don't give a fuck. You can score 120. We're going to just come out. We're going to get our buckets. Right. That's where I'm at. All right. We did well. We did. We did well. So next we'll probably maybe be on Sunday after the Elite Eight games. I'm not sure yet. Um, Sunday, yeah. You don't pay me enough to be on here. Probably. Uh, then after that, we'll be, we'll have two more. We have three Sunday shows, so we have to come back Sunday. We have three regular season Sunday shows left. We have this. So week. we have to do it. <laughs> A slave to the man. I mean, technically, we're on Sunday nights basically from here until the finals. So yeah, we kind of have to. That's okay. That's it. If anybody can do it, it's us. Scheduled without being scheduled. All right, that's Danny. I'm Joe. This has been the Educating Earth Podcast. Uh, we did a solid good. That was a nice timing of just getting back into the NBA rhythm. Stay hydrated, people. Feed those pets. Feed your pets. This has been the Educating Earth Podcast. If you ain't got the games, you best pass the sticks. We will see you guys Sunday night unless anything crazy happens in the Sweet 16. I'll come on live and talk shit about it, but until then, probably not. We'll see you guys Sunday night. We're out. Peace. <laughs>